We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast it is the monday edition of the pack a day podcast on the blue wire podcast network how you doing everybody what a way to start your week i'm alex strofe you can find me on twitter at alex underscore strofe i'm joined by another underscore and one of the best in the biz the great perry goldstein you can find her on twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Hi, Perry. It's been a minute. Hi, Alex. You're back. So happy to have you back. It's good to be back. Uh, it's been a while since I've done one of these episodes, since we were still in draft season in the beginning of this Aaron Rodgers saga that is ongoing, obviously. So it's been a crazy uh, month or so since I've done an, an episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I don't think I missed anything too big, right? No, 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 no. There's no news. There's nothing going on with the Green Bay Packers. It's the most boring offseason ever. <laughs> Exactly. No, no, no shortage of content uh, the last couple of weeks here for the pod. But uh, Perry, it's it's a Monday. It's the beginning of mandatory OTAs this week. Uh, there's still always craziness going on in the NFL. They never take a day off. And Sunday was certainly no exception as it happened. Julio Jones traded to the Tennessee Titans. And, and there were some rumors around that. Uh, those two teams may be making a deal for, for the last week or so, but now it is official as Julio Jones goes to Nashville, Tennessee to pair up with a really fun offense. Uh, they are in Tennessee. The Falcons get a 2022 second round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and then in return uh, give up a sixth round pick in 2023. So that is the uh, the compensation for that trade. But obviously we knew the domino would eventually fall, Perry. It finally did on Sunday. What was the initial reaction for you of Julio Jones to Tennessee? I like the trade. Um, I think it's pretty even. You you weren't going to get a, as, as amazing and, um, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. Julio is, I think, kind of on the wrong side of 30 and a few injuries. So it made sense that they didn't get a first. Um, I'm surprised that I'm just a little bit surprised about what the Falcons are doing. I'm not really sure what they're trying to do out here, but Julio was obviously done and ready to go. And I like that the organization sort of respected his wishes and sent him to a team. Obviously they shopped him outside the NFC, which makes sense, but they sent him to um, a contender in the Titans. And that offense, just as you said, got even more exciting and explosive um, him and AJ Brown 
and Derrick Henry. Like, what a trio. So I'm excited to watch it. And, um, again, just glad he's out of the NFC because that obviously bodes well for the Packers. Exactly, right? He's, he's not a bear, lion, or viking, so that's a win in and of itself. But overall, right, you mentioned it. This offense, super, super explosive already. They add now a, a Hall of Fame wide receiver to that core. So it's going to be fun to see how the push that Tennessee makes uh, in the not-so-competitive AFC South, obviously, Indianapolis, pretty good as well. But, but those are the two real contenders out of that division right now. So uh, it, it's, it's a big pickup for Tennessee. Uh, like you said, Julio Jones gets his wishes. The Falcons respect it and, and trade him out. But you mentioned it, right? We don't really know what the MO is now for the Falcons. Is this kind of the beginning of a total rebuild? Yeah, I think so. It seems that way. Um, it looks like they're kind of building up picks. I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't trade out of the number four spot um, and instead took Kyle Pitts um, because, you know, Matt Ryan, I think, is also kind of at the tail end of his career. So it may be the beginning of a rebuild, um, but it, it, they're definitely in a kind of confusing and odd spot. And, the you know, the NFC South is, is pretty wide open for the taking also. Um, but now, obviously, I think they've taken themselves out of contention. Yeah, I think so as well, right? I mean, Atlanta, been, been a clear downfall since that Super Bowl meltdown a couple of years back. It really, uh, it's really funny how the NFL works because Atlanta has been one of those perfect examples, right, of how you can be at the top of the conference and now, you know, pick number four just a couple of years later. Now you lose your franchise player in Julio Jones. An absolute meltdown ever since it was, uh, it was that Super Bowl lead that they blew to Tom Brady. Yeah, and now he's in their division, ironically. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's interesting because it's the Bucks are obviously the clear favorites, naturally. Um, you know, but the Saints are in a little bit of a rebuild, and the Panthers as well, with you know, kind of swapping out, getting a new quarterback and and a new head coach in his second year. So it's it's an I always I thought it was an interesting division to watch, but now it just kind of feels like it'll be the Bucks and nobody else. No, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know how much confidence I have in, in either Jameis Winston or Sam Darnold to, to <laughs> beat out Tom Brady for that top seed uh, in the or in the division rather. So, uh, yep, that's the big news from Sunday. Julio Jones to the Titans. What are the expectations for the Titans now, Perry? How much does this change things for them? Um, I don't know how much. I mean, it, it definitely is an all-in move, and so I think it shows, you know the team, the players, and the fan base that Tennessee's ready to win now. You know, you don't trade for Julio Jones unless you feel that way. You give Ryan Tannehill another weapon. Um, so I think that they're they're going to, you know, contend, like you said, for their division, and if not for, for the conference. It's just like, in my mind, the AFC just keeps getting more and more stacked. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tilting that way. Um, and I know we'll probably bring this to the Packers at, at some point, but if anything, it just, it, you know, when you, when you send talent out of, the NFC even more it just it it's making if Aaron Rodgers returns um you know more and more likely that it's kind of the Packers conference for the taking if they want it mm -hmm. 100% I mean they, they obviously have been one of the best teams the last few years and now that star players such as Julio Jones are leaving the conference just leaves the door open uh that much more but you mentioned it uh and you you referred to it as the Falcons respected Julio Jones's wishes. <laughs> we have kind of a similar situation brewing in Green Bay, Perry, with, with Aaron Rodgers 
you know, obviously all the reports, he doesn't want to return to Green Bay. He wants out. There was apparently destinations uh, that were given to the Packers of maybe, you know, West Coast teams where Aaron Rodgers would want to go. Does this change anything for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in your eyes? Uh, no, not really. Mostly because, A, Rodgers hasn't outright said to anybody in the media that he wants a trade or wants out of Green Bay. It's been all kind of he said, she said, third party reports, which is the opposite of Julio, right? He straight up told Shannon Sharp that he wants out. Um, so I think that's like the the biggest difference for me is he's like, nah, I'm out of there. Um, and again, a, a wide receiver and a quarterback are a little hard to equate in this scenario also, whereas, you know, a wide receiver is obviously an important weapon, but he's not your franchise quarterback that you've had for 16 years. Mm -hmm. Although honestly, Julio, like you mentioned, he's like the franchise player. Um, so I, I guess if there is one, you know, he's close enough, but I, I, I don't think that this is going to change green Bay front offices minds around any kind of desire to shop Aaron Rodgers. There, there's no way. Um, and they're, I think they're just going to kind of dig in even more and see if he shows up in, a day um, since this will be come out, coming out on the 7th uh, if he shows up on the 8th or not in training camp. Yeah, no, I agree. And, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Personally, I still don't think Rodgers will be there on, on Tuesday, but we'll probably get into that here in a little bit. But uh, to go back to that Julio Jones, Shannon Sharp situation, we haven't talked about this. Did he know he was on TV? I don't think he did. I just can't see a way if you have a relationship with someone to blindside them like that. Like I, I, I want to put a little bit more faith in, in Shannon Sharp than that. You know, he's a professional and if he has a personal relationship with Julio, you basically ruin that if you just bombard him. <laughs> so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. All right. Then Julio, you know, who, who likes to stay out of the headlines really made one a couple mm -hmm. of weeks back, but now he gets his wishes. He is out of there. A Tennessee Titan now. Uh, is Julio Jones going to be a lot of fun to see what that offense is capable of uh, here in the coming months. But Perry, let's transition. We're going to steal an idea from you and the great Ma Maggie Loney that you guys did on PAX, what she said. A little over-under game. We're going to throw some over-unders, probably three each at one another uh, in regards to uh, it could be anything from stats. It could be anything to wins. It could be anything regarding any player. Anything's on the table here, Perry. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, so my first one is, you know, we had rookie mini camps, we have, you know, voluntary OTAs, and everybody's talking about some of the new players on the team. Obviously, everyone wants to know how Bakhtiari looks, etc. But there's a very exciting new little fun chess piece for Matt LaFleur and Amari Rogers. And I think there's like a certain level of expectation, at least it feels, Alex, like in the franchise that Amari is going to have like an immediate impact on this mm -hmm. offense. And so I'm wondering if he's going to have over under 500 yards. So I mean yards as in receiving or rushing, um, because I think he'll right. be used in a, in a number of different ways, but over under 500 yards. Yeah, obviously we can't count kick and punt returns because he is expected to do that uh, potentially as well. But 500 yards, that's a fun little number. And, you know, there's so many unknowns with this offense. And we'll get into this a little bit more, obviously, right now with, with the Aaron Rodgers saga. Still kind of playing out. I'm going to go safe and I will take under, but I think he's in the ballpark, right? I think, you know, mid 400s, low 400s, mid 300s is certainly realistic. Um, I hope he has an immediate impact. I hope he proves me wrong because he is what you alluded to as a 
fun little chess piece, this new addition uh, to uh, Matt LaFleur's offense. I actually had a question written for you about Amari Rodgers as well, because he really <laughs> is, you know, polarizing thus far coming from such a great pro system, you know, in Clemson. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what his role it looks like day one versus, you know, week 18. Uh, I will go under, but I'm starting to talk myself out of it. Uh, so I think I, m- I might shut up. Great question. Uh, Amari Rogers, though, the expectations do seem high for him right now. And I like it. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of putting too much expectations on rookies because I think majority of the time you actually end up being let down. You know, you, you got to let them acclimate a little bit. But then you're also seeing, and play devil's advocate for my own thought, is you're also seeing that there are rookies that are making immediate impacts like more often um, in the last couple of seasons. Like you look at Justin Jefferson, he became wide receiver one for the Vikings immediately, basically. So uh, I don't, I, that's a, obviously an extreme example, the first one that comes to mind. But yeah. I actually agree with you, Alex. I, I have the under there also. Not, not because I don't think he can't have an impact, just because I think that, you know, the offense isn't going to center around him and he'll be a rookie. Um, and there's a couple other weapons that, if it's Rogers under center, obviously likes to throw too. So um, I think under, but he'll still be a, uh, an impact player. Yeah, I dig it. I, I think so too. And you know, if, if he does kind of plug into that swerve and Irvin role from last year, like a lot expect uh, he could, he could certainly be a primetime player early for this LaFleur offense. So it'll be fun to see. Obviously uh, the Packers finally got a wide receiver in the draft. So it's exciting. And we're all going to talk about it way too much. So let's stick with the rookies though, Perry. For my first one, Josh Myers uh, out of Ohio State, the second-round pick. Let's go game started at 12-and-a-half over under for him. He could be the day-one center. I like that. Um, It's hard, you know, just to caveat this answer is offensive line is not exactly my forte, and I'm not at camp, although I will be at training camp, so I guess I'll get to see some in August, but um, I'm going to go over on that just from the way that the coaching staff um, have been speaking about him and from the very little tidbits, because I wish Andy Herman was here because he's actually been to practice so far, but from the tidbits that I've gained from him, it does sound like they are playing, uh, putting Josh Myers a little bit with the ones right now, the starting five. So um, I'm going to go over. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love it. I'm with you. I also think it's over. I think he's a day one starter. And, you know, I think some of that might depend on the health of David Bakhtiari. 
Uh, yeah. He's ready to go week one. Uh, and, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, uh, seeing him working out at OTAs and looking, you know, way ahead of schedule is super awesome. But uh, beside the point, Josh Myers, you know, like I said, he, he could be a day one guy. I think they drafted him in that second round with, you know, the, the expectation he could be the day one guy or, you know, at least contribute early, uh, you know, because they're, they're dealing with that whole that Corey Lindsley left behind. So uh, I, I'm, I'm over with you. As long as he stays healthy, I think over 12 and a half is, is easy money for him. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, okay, so I'm going to switch us to the defense side. Sure. Um, and I I think this is a fun one that Maggie and I talked about. We didn't have and didn't end up doing it on PAX, which she said. Um, but, you know, it's looking like, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but it's looking like Rashawn Gary's about to be edge two, right? Preston's mm-hmm. a little bit in a prove-it year. Certainly his restructured contract um, makes it really feel that way. Um, not that I don't think he can bounce back, but it feels like Rashawn deserves those snaps. So I'm thinking over under Rashawn Gary, eight sacks on the season. Ooh, I like that. That's a good, that's a good number too. Um, I'm not going to cop out and say even, because I think that's a really good number. I will take the slight over. I think he'll go over Ooh. eight sacks. You know, he's, he's only gotten better if not with every week. Uh, with the two seasons he's been with Green Bay. It's a new system, so it'll be interesting to see what Joe Barry can do for, for the the guys rushing the quarterback. But uh, I like Rashawn. I like the development we've seen out of him. And, and like you said, I think we're going to see more opportunities for him in 2021 than we did in 2020. Uh, it does feel like a prove-it year for Preston. I think he can bounce back if this defense is really uh, you know, maxing out the potential. We, we all think they they have there in the middles, but uh, I will go over eight, just a slight over maybe eight and a half, nine, but uh, the expectations for me are high for Rashawn Gary. And, you know, that's just under half a sack a game, if I'm not mistaken, that was 17 games. So I think he can do it, Perry. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I Eight was like right at even. Like, I think like I wouldn't be surprised if he had eight because he had, I think, two his first season, he had five last season. So then if you're going by that, you know, plus three logic, it's eight. Um, but I, I think that he has more than proven that he deserves um, not just to start every game, but more snap count, more playing time. He's just improved the more that you see him out there. I agree that Joe Barry is definitely an interesting wrinkle, um, but Rashawn's, you know, that super freaky athlete that you can kind of move around and then you have Z in there. And, um, you know, no matter what, with Preston and Kenny in there too, whoever's getting double teamed, you know, anyone else can get home. And so um, I think Rashawn's going to have his kind of, you know, that third year in the league that, that where you finally put it all together. um, I think that's, that's about to be what we're going to see from him in 2021. And and the change of scenery coordinator wise, right. Could certainly be super beneficial for him. So it'll be uh, fun to watch what this new system brings defensively. You know, typically what we've seen with the Packers, the last, you know, several times they've made a change defensively. They usually come out really hot on defense to start the year. And I think uh, they'll have a good opportunity to do that again this year with Joe Barry. Although there's there's a lot of criticism around the hire, and rightfully so. Uh, I do think, you know, with the pieces there, such as Rashawn Gary, they should be able to piece together a nice little run throughout the 2021 campaign. So I'm excited to see what we can get out of the number 52 this year. All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to get to it. I could only go so long without asking you about Aaron Rodgers, Perry. So here we go. <laughs> Snaps Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers in the preseason. 0. 0.5 over under. 
0.5. You like that? Um, that is so funny. What does that even, what even is a half a snap? Um, it's zero or it's something. It's zero or he does something. Yep. Oh, Alex hit me. Yeah, um, zero. I'm going to go under. I, I think even if he comes back, things are not really in that great of a place right now. Um, and I can't see why he would put his body on the line during preseason, especially it's right third year in Matt LaFleur's offense. What is he going to get out of this except to right. maybe put some things together with the rookies? Like if he did a – he usually does what? A series in the first like two games, one game. Maybe, right. That. Right. So like going off that logic and then adding in what's what's been going on this offseason, I have it at at under. And I also think like it feels like the Packers really want to see what they have in Jordan Love. And the easiest and kind of least controversial time to test out Jordan Love is preseason. So let Rogers rest if he's back no reason to put him in and and let's you know let's get love those snaps and see what he can do you know i like the optimism i figured uh i you you spun it optimistically so i appreciate that well you know me using the under there yeah it's it's a perry goldstein charm right there uh but you're right with the jordan love take right i mean they didn't get the preseason last year he was inactive for every game last year they want to see what what they have with him in real time and he's going to get a majority of the playing time in those three preseason games. That's going to be uh, that. It's going to be Jordan Love watch. I mean, I'll tell you in advance. Three months out, the Pack and a podcast the day after the first preseason game is going to be evaluating Jordan Love's performance because that's what everybody has been clamoring and waiting to see uh, mm-hmm. with this first round pick and what we think is the replacement to Aaron Rodgers at some point. So heavily criticized pick. I think he will be spending most of the time on the field uh, during those three preseason games. But then we'll get some Blakey Bortles, too. We'll be pretty fired up about that uh, because why wouldn't you be? Blake Bortles right. preseason. I mean, You're come right. on. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some Kurt Bankert also. Just oh. them all in there. You know, it's funny that you say that, Alex. You obviously look at the schedule way further ahead than I do. Um, but I am going to be at the Texans game, and I think Andy is also. So I guess you have to come to that preseason game. I, I guess I do now. Jeez, <laughs> I, I, it sounds like a party to me. I'm in. Oh, great. Well, speaking of offense, okay, my last one for our over-under is I think tricky, so I'm sorry for leaving it for last. But <laughs> I, I was thinking about this offense from 2020 and how it was the best, you know, obviously number one in the league. Um, they were averaging, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it was I think over 30 points um, yeah. for the season. And that's that's a that's a high bar, right? Like that's a high bar to reach. So it would be I would be hard pressed to imagine they'd be better. So I'm not, I'm not going with that. But I think that this offense obviously, even with some regression, could maybe still be top five in DVOA and points scored mm-hmm. over under top five. Ooh, okay. That is a little tricky. Uh, now, obviously, a lot rides on the Aaron Rodgers thing. So that's right. what makes it even trickier, right? If he's there, no doubt in my mind are they still a top five offense. I mean, they're only going to improve. They retain the best offensive lineman, assuming he's healthy and, and, and doesn't take – you know, a huge regression due to the ACL tear in David Bakhtiari. They got back the best free agent running back that was on the market and Aaron Jones. They still have Devontae. They had a guy like we talked about earlier in Amari Rogers, where the expectations are high for him. And they bring back, you know, Bobby Tunyon signed uh, his tender. Uh, what was that last week or two weeks ago? So 
everybody's back for the most part. You've got to you've got to figure out what you're going to do at center. But other than that, you're feeling pretty good about this offense. So if Aaron Rodgers is there, no doubt in my mind they're a top five offense, Perry. If Aaron Rodgers isn't there, they still have the absolute potential to be because of all the reasons I just mentioned. However, the one big thing that's kicking in the ass is if Jordan Love is under center or even if Blake Bortles is under center. I think that's the most unlikely, but still, I mean, if either of those guys are uh, for Jordan, it's obviously his first real raw time in a regular season game. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to lead a team like this, obviously he's set up well. This is still a very well-oiled machine. Matt LaFleur has been a magician ever since he's been hired uh, for this Green Bay offense. But it's still a little bit sketchy. So I'll take a slight under if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, but I will easily take the uh, over uh, top five, right? Or the under top five because it's a lower number. Now I'm confused. I will take a top five offense if Rodgers is there. I think that's probably the, the safe answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking as well. I, I think Rodgers comes back easy, easy top five um in the league i mean it's it's not even really a question even with a regression there there's still room um but yeah if if jordan love is under center you know it'll really showcase i think matt lafleur's skill set it 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 was you know everyone last season said it's a very quarterback friendly system he schemes guys open allows the quarterback to stay in the pocket don't need to do a lot of those fancy schmancy magician things even though rogers still did some of them because he's rogers so we'll get to see you know with for a rookie there will be growing pains um but you know what what does a different quarterback other than aaron Rodgers look like in matt lafleur's offense Uh, i do think that if it's jordan love i would never expect the packers to have a top five offense so um i would definitely go in the under but i agree with you that i I don't know if the drop off would be you know in the 20s um right it would still be a you know there's still Devonte and aaron jones and aj dillon and and the offensive line so yeah um i know that was was kind of tricky one a bit of a cop-out because you need two answers (laughs) No, you really do, and I appreciate you allowing me to give two answers because uh, I had to go the safe route there. But uh, the drop-off probably would be at least a little bit significant, right? It could be you know, maybe not even a top-10 offense because Aaron Rodgers, remember, was playing at an MVP level last year in, in this right. offense. So uh, it, it, is, it is tough to replicate that, especially if it's your first real-time in the NFL. But with that, I'm, I'm giving you kind of a tricky one where you might have two answers as well uh the packers have won 13 games the last two years we don't know what's going to happen with aaron Rodgers, so i'm going to lower that bar a little bit and of course there's a 17th game added this year i want the win total perry over under 10 and a half wins for the green bay packers in 2021 you really had to hit me with the 10 and a half yeah is you're running home (laughs) with an over aren't you (laughs) oh boy um Oh, well, okay, so there's 17 games now, which yep. means that... 11 and 6. Yeah, 11 and 6, or 10 and 7. Oh, wow. So, Rodgers coming back, that's an easy over to me. Um, I think Agreed. 11 and 6 is a really nice kind of sweet spot to be in. Um, the schedule's pretty difficult. The it is. It's a tough schedule. It's not an easy schedule. Um, some decently difficult road games for sure. Uh, heavy on the home games in December, January, which you know we love, obviously. But um, I don't think it's totally unreasonable for the Packers to go eleven and six with Rodgers under center. Not Rodgers under center, 
that's definitely the under. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't even think about that. It, it was yeah. instant under if, if it's anybody uh, besides Rodgers. Look, if, if Jordan Love comes out and goes, you know, 10 and 7, amazing. That would be an amazing first year. I'd be stoked about it. They'd probably sneak in, you know, get in the wild card round. That would be awesome. But I think back, Alex, to Rodgers' first season as the starter, and they went 6 and 10. And, and that's also totally expected and totally fine because – you're, you know, first year under center, you're not going to, I mean, unless he comes out as Patrick Mahomes, which I highly doubt, that's not what our expectation should be. So again, if Jordan loves under center and the Packers go eight and nine or nine and eight, that, that feels, that feels right. Okay. Now, Perry, I, I do want to throw this at you though, right? Rogers first season, he did go six and 10 and two of those wins were over the winless Detroit lions that year. But think about the offense that year, right? I mean, Ryan Grant and Brandon Jackson, where your one-two punch, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy before he was really Jordy. I mean, it's not like this offense was as, as glorious and as successful as the team that uh, Jordan Love would inherit. It's interesting that you say that because I actually think that sounds like a pretty decent team for Aaron Rodgers to inherit from. That's you know, fair, but the, you know, it, it was still right. The only receiver I think that started every game that year was Driver. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it was it was a tough year. Like I said, Jordy wasn't Jordy uh and and Ryan Grant that was that was his best year I think right 08 or 09 I know it was in that that time period so you're right but is does it compare to the 2021 offense I would say no 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 you're right I mean you have the best wide receiver in the league arguably like you said the best running back and a somewhat unproven but exciting you know two punch in AJ Dillon the tight end that scored the most touchdowns in the league last season, the best left tackle. Like there are definitely pieces. I also think, you know, offenses are very different now than they were when Rogers started. Matt LaFleur is definitely a little bit more creative and can make it kind of rookie QB friendly. Um, so I don't know, but I, I don't, like I said, I I'm in the camp of not putting too high expectations on first year right. starters. And I wholeheartedly stick to that. If Jordan Love is under center, I, I'd be happy if I was wrong, right? If I pleasantly surprised. But they, he's a developmental guy that they didn't expect to start this year. Exactly. And so, right? So if it was next season, right, I'd be like, okay, my expectations are a little bit higher. We had two years, a full off-season under – full real season, right? Off-season, OTAs, all that under belt. But if Jordan Love ends up being the starter this season, like it, it's a little bit sooner than expected. So it's okay if he, if he has those – really obvious growing pains 100 percent. i can just confirm that you and i are both not looking forward to the jordan love era especially if it begins in 2021 i think we're on the same page there yeah i'd like another year with rogers at least at um, least yeah because i don't think that the super bowl window is closed for the packers by any means if aaron Rodgers comes no. back and we alluded to this earlier a little bit i think with the julio jones discussion and i tweeted this out today kind of as a joke but i mean it like the nfc is really for the taking it's the bucks and whoever wins the nfc west but that's going to be a really difficult division and the afc is stacked like why would rogers want to go and play for the broncos and have exactly. to compete with all those contenders when if he really wants to win and he wants to win a championship green bay is the best spot for that right now Exactly. That is the best opportunity to win now is Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. So maybe it does take a little bit of swallowing the pride and saying, OK, you know what? This is my best opportunity once again. And Aaron Rodgers 
since uh, January has sounded like a guy who thought his best opportunity to win another Super Bowl was gone after they lost to the Bucks in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau. But, uh, you know, at this point, we, we know it. I think, I think Rodgers knows it, too. His best opportunity to win right now is in Green Bay. Uh, but we will see how this continues to unfold. And I think tomorrow is a very big part of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be I, – I don't want to put too much stock into it, but it's definitely going to be telling. It will. It will 100% will be super telling. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not ready for the flan, fan bloggerism overreaction. I'm not ready for that part. <laughs> I uh, agree with you. Uh, other than that, I, I am looking forward to see what, com- what comes out of mandatory OTAs and a bunch of coverage. We'll be right here on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, presented by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're here every day. You might as well spend some time with us. Perry, been great to catch up with you, my friend. Yeah, this has been an awesome episode. Do we just like Nix Andy from now on, or like what's the deal? We, we might have to tell him never to come <laughs> back because we did just smash that half hour. That is Perry Goldstein. You can find her on Twitter, at Perry underscore Goldstein. I can confirm she's a great follow. Go do it. I'm Alex Strofe. You can find me at Alex underscore Strofe. The show is at Packaday Podcast. Tweet us. Let us know what you think about this Aaron Rodgers saga that is ongoing. And as all the reaction pours out from what happens tomorrow as mandatory OTAs begin. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We'll see you soon. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.